everyone to this week's YouTube live stream. My name is Aaron, your host, and we are joined by Nate once again, the co-host. Hey, guys. We're hopping into a big subject today. I'm sure if you're in the live stream right now, you know what we're talking about because you read the title. Unlike Nate, who didn't read the title before coming in, going he's in blind. one of the hosts. Going in blind. I like going in blind for these subjects because then I'm not like, uh, I'm kind of on the spot. You get my uh, unadulterated opinion. What if on the spot I decide, or I, I decide I want to get the on the spot opinion too, and then both of us come in blind, and then we're just sitting here like, oh, what are we talking about today? <laughs> All right. That's right, because we are going to start it up here. Nate will learn as we go. What's up, T206? What's up, Creed? Ready for a big discussion? Everyone get ready to comment in the in the uh, chat with your opinions on what we're talking about, too, because this is going to be a discussion with everyone, not just Nate and myself. We want all of your opinions on this topic as we share. So if you remember, a few weeks back, we had a show about PSA raising the prices, um, you know, other places, BGS raising their prices, too, for grading. And today we are going to talk about how to decide which cards to grade and with what companies and what the price levels are, because honestly, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. And before we talked about a lot about, uh, you know, just like how it affects the market. But now it's more like, how do you take action now? What do you do? Um, and of course, there's a lot of uncertainty as well with Lamella Ball getting hurt yesterday, which we'll get into later in the episode. What's up, Fernando? Big Fernando with that LeBron, man. All Ooh. right. Let's just jump right into it. We're just going to go down the price levels for each company so we all have in our mind what currently you'd have to pay to grade. So if you go onto PSA's website and have no membership, this is what you'd have to do to submit to PSA. Regular is $100 a card. Express is $150 a card. Super Express is $300 a card. Walkthrough is $600 a card. So in the past, regular used to be called like 25 days. Express would be called 10 day. Super Express would be five day and walkthrough would be two day. I believe it's around there. It might be like 25, 10 and then two and then one or something. But the point is, is that that's what it used to be. Now they're not putting days on these things. So it's really hard to know. I mean, just you can just tell like what's one's quicker than the other. You pay more to get it quicker. Um and then also, I want to make sure that y'all don't think that you have to submit a card to PSA $100 a card because that's not true. You can do two things. One, you can get a PSA membership right now. You will not get free grading vouchers like you used to in the past, but you will be able to unlock the um, these value grading prices. So you have to pay $100 for a membership. It unlocks these prices for you for modern cards, which is 1972 to 2017 it's $20 a card for 2018 to present. It's $25 a card. And if we're talking about how long it takes to get these cards back, eight months to a year to a year and a month or two now at this point, I'm sure. Um, the hope is, is that as they do the backlog and get it down um, smaller and everything, that these turnarounds for all of these get quicker. But as of right now, I'm sure that modern and ultra modern grading at $20 and $25 per is eight months to a year, which really, really messes with what you submit, not only based on the pricing in the past. I swear, guys, if you guys are new to this hobby, new to this industry, it used to be $8 to grade a card via this submission. And it probably would take six to seven months, eight months, maybe. Um, it was $8. Now it's 20 and 25. They used to call it a 60-day submission. 
So even if it sometimes it's taking like four, then they increased it to 85 and now it's eight to 12 months. Like Fernando just said as well. So 20 to 25 is the cheapest you can submit to PSA on your own through a membership. If you go through a group submitter, I think most, most group submitters are getting a, it used to be called 40 to five day submission, which is going to be very long, eight months to a year still. And you'll be right in that wheelhouse of 20 to $25, depending on the year of the card. Um, some will might be as high as 30 if they can't get cheap enough pricing. Um, it just depends on that, but you can submit for under hundred dollars. I just want to make sure everyone knows that that $100 is not the lowest you can submit at. It just takes a long time to get it back. So now let's look at Beckett. So this is BGS's pricing model and right now estimated turnaround times. So premium is your most expensive one, $250 a card. That's approximately 10 to 15 business days. Now keep in mind, it says 10 to 15 business days. That might be for when they log it in the system to when they grade it and complete it. Um, it's not from when they receive it, like when your package gets delivered. So just keep in mind that that 10 to 15 days is probably way longer than that. Also, I want to just call it really quick. Uh, Jeffrey Fogel, thank you for that $5 super chat for Cam Kessim. I'll be sure to submit that for you um, for Cam Kessim, uh, helping kids go to camp for free. All right. Express is 15 plus business days, and that's 150 a card. Standard is six months plus, probably longer, like I said, and that's 50 a card. And then economy is nine months plus, and that's 35 a card. And of course, there's no subgrade options for all these, but no subgrades is a tough bet because a lot of them don't pull as hard as with the subgrades, which is kind of opposite than PSA, but that's just how it is. What's up, Kevin? What's up, John? Henry, how's it going? All right, and now SGC. SGC is... uh a little too much. They're doing a little too much here with how they're charging. Uh, so you see, they kind of have, it looks like two submission times. One's 20 to 50, 20 to 25 days. One's one to three days. And then they got 10 different pricing models or eight based on how much the card's worth. So you're looking at $25 if it's under $500, 35 if it's under $1,500, $85 under $3,500, under $3, and then $250 and up. Um, for the 20 to 25 day uh, return. Nate, what is something that looks really, really weird on this? <laughs> uh, well, right away for me, it's that I'm going over, I'm hovering over to the one to three estimated business days. $200 for a card under $500 valuation? Wait, go now go down like three more and look at the oh, one they're to all, three. They're all the same. One to three business days in 2025, same yeah. price. Like, what do you, what? <laughs> the only, the only difference is the one to three for 3,500 and below. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on here. I'm not a huge fan. Why of even have, why even have this? I, why not be like, Hey, it's for anything over uh, 3,500 bucks. It's a one to three business day and you got to pay this much. Yeah, I, I got no idea. I have no idea. It's really, really weird, and I don't like it, but that's what that's what it is. We're just showing what it what it is to submit there. Um, and then HGA, of course, there's been a lot of talk about HGA. We discussed it a couple weeks ago. Um, this is their pricing model, which I know that you re it's hard to get into submissions right now. They really limit how much they're taking to make sure they can hit their turnaround times. But two business days is $100 a card. 10 business days is varying based on how many, however many cards you're submitting, but $45 to $55 a card. 30 days is 27 to 35 and 60 is $20 per card for HGA. And I do not have CSG's pricing, but cards, according to Ben brought up, I like CSG. 
Uh, CSG is the company that is also CGC for comic book grading and Pokemon card grading and magazine grading. Uh, I don't know what their prices are, but their values um, on the secondary market aren't like super strong right now. I know that some cards are doing okay, but uh, like I saw LeBron Refractor sell rookie from CSG, but there's a, they just started. So I didn't really think in my mind to include them into this, but that's another company people are starting to go to right now. So this is kind of where we start to get into this discussion. That was just refreshing everyone on how much it is to submit your cards. But we're going to go through six different cards here, six different pricing models, and figuring out what the heck are we doing, Nate, based on these cards. Okay. Like, are we grading them through PSA? Are we not sending them at all? Are we sending them to SGC because we might be nuts? Because <laughs> I, I don't know. But uh, I so we'll we'll just start off by maybe talking about the the previous pricing models to start with. Um, uh, this might make for a boring discussion, but I would just send to PSA. I am not sending to BGS guaranteed. I am not saying to SGC guaranteed. What if what if you think it's a ten though? Like a black label or a BGS ten? Yeah. I mean, I I guess if, if it's you, a really, you just cut yourself off from that guaranteed, not sending it. Yeah, I know a lot. Yeah, see, like I know a lot of people. Well, say how expensive that. does the card have to be? Because say you have a Eloy Jimenez tops Chrome, and you're like, man, this looks flawless. I should send it into BGS. Is really worth getting the BGS 10 over the PSA 10. But here's the thing, also, Nate, is that the probability of you even hitting that 10, given that you might think it's a 10, like the expected value is going to be so much worse paying the extra cost, potentially, if you're not willing to wait to maybe get that. And then also, if you hit a 9.5, the secondary market value is so much lower than a PSA 10. True. So there's a lot of risk involved there. Um, but okay, so here we go. First card is Timo Werner. Prism 2018 World Cup card. Um, this is a soccer card, but the pricing is really what we're looking at here. I don't know. You know, I know a lot of people for Slab Stacks love soccer, but Nate doesn't care about this card at all. Um, I do know who this card Timo Werner is, or however you say his name. Non graded sells for $25. PSA 9 sells for $55, and PSA 10 sells for $130. So if it were me with soccer right now, you are, if you're paying, you have two different options with PSA. It's a 2018 card, so you're either paying $25 or you're paying $100. And I sure as heck am not paying $100 if the raw is $25 and PSA 10 is $130. Like that automatically takes that up. So $25 is what you'd have to submit it at. And at that point, if you get a PSA 9, you're probably going to wash if these values maintain over the next year because it's 8 to 12 months of grade. Or you have to get a PSA 10, which is 130-ish right now, but might be 200 when it comes back, might be 250, depending on the World Cup. It could be even higher. Um, soccer, I would suggest send it on the $25 submission, get that lower cost um, to PSA, and then uh, you know ride it out. Because I don't think that there's anything wrong with holding a card of a player you might like for a year. And I'd actually suggest that in general. If you actually have a card that has upside as a PSA 9 or 10, Send it in for a year. Why not? The market's growing. If you like the player, he might get better. You know, he might, yeah. his market might go up. And what's, wh how far can a guy actually, in today's day and age, how far can a guy drop in a year? If, and we're not talking, I understand that if you have a $2,000 card and the guy stinks, it can drop a significant ways, dollar amount wise. But if you're looking at a $130 PSA 10 and Timo over here is not as exciting as people thought, 
what's it going to drop to 90? Yeah. And then by the time next season rolls around, they'll be excited again. They'll just uh, pass it off as a bad year and put money back into them. Yeah. And that, that actually goes for like many sports, you know, almost everything. So that's where I'm at on that card and kind of soccer grading in general. Y'all can throw in your comments in the chat about where you would grade that Timo Werner or if you would at all. That's the other thing. Some people might not grade at all because they don't see the payoff high enough. Um, That's really depending on your situation. If you want to tie up that $25 in that non-graded card for a year, if you want to send it or not. If not, you know, if he has a couple of good games and that card goes from 25 to 50, you can't sell it if it's a PSA. So that's another thing you have to decide on. You know, do you want to tie up that card in the grading? As for the John Morant Optic 2019, this is a $35 non-graded card or raw card, same thing. Uh, PSA 9 sells for $70 and PSA 10 sells for $180. I think it's kind of the same mindset as the Timo Werner. Um, there's enough margin between the raw and the nine that it makes sense. Like if you do get the nine, you'll be you're not at losing least, money. You'll at least be happy you're not losing money. If you get the 10, you're, you're obviously ecstatic. Um, so not not really too much time to spend on the job. That kind of just depends on your player, I guess. Like, I wouldn't send something in on, on the value submission if you don't really believe in the player. Like, if there's margin there right now for you, but you think in a year this guy's not going to be that good, you, you could be looking at a loss if you get a nine, for sure. I have a question for you. Sure. What is the value limit? So let me put this in a baseball term. Will Smith, he was $40 PSA 10s. I was thinking about sending him in. I was sitting on him forever. Never, I'm not going to send him in now because 25 bucks is obviously absurd yeah. after eBay fees and um, the the 12% or whatever they take. Uh, you know, you're making 10 bucks a card yeah. for the 25 you're tied up in to grade it. That's not worth it, right? Yeah. Um, but at what point do you get to where you're like, okay, this card is worth enough for me to get it tied $25 tied up into this? And if it doesn't come back, I don't think I'm going to lose a ton of money. Because Will Smith's the type of guy that $40 now, sure, it could be $60, $70, or it could drop down to $20. And even with your PSA 10, you're not making any money. Yeah. Now, that's a good point. The reason why I don't have cards in here that are raw $1, PSA 10, $40 is because I should have had this discussion before I even got into it, is that those cards, in my mind, you can't grade their PSA at all anymore. It's yep. impossible to send a one to three dollar card that might be a PSA ten forty dollars. In the past, you pay eight bucks, you do that a hundred times, and you double your money on the mall. You know, like that's good. Now you pay twenty twenty five dollars, you're making like no money, or you're losing money if you get a nine for sure. Yep, I and mean you're losing money. Look at look at the Eloy. You're losing money on a nine right there, even though it's a hundred dollar card. So that that's why this baseball one was interesting because the nine is fifteen dollar margin between raw and PSA nine. But the grading fee is 25 bucks. You know, like you better be really confident in either one Eloy Jimenez or two the conditioning of your car to grade those now. Like Nate, yeah. yourself, if you had an Eloy and you were like, this could be a 10, but this might be a nine. No, no, not chance, no chance you send it in. Yeah. And so even, 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 um, you know, somebody significant, uh, take uh, Fernando Tatis, uh, rookie cups, 100 some bucks. Fernando Tatis is an absolute stud. And I expect him to continue this trajectory in his career, right? And I expect those prices to go up. But at this time, if I'm hesitant on it being a PSA 9, I don't think I could send it in. I would rather just hold on to the cards raw. And if they get up to $200, $300, then make that decision. Right. 
So I will say also keep in mind, a lot of people are just going to be like, oh, well, you're going to send it into another company. Well, the cheapest to SGC is $25 also now. And here's the thing about SGC, your SGC 10 of Eloy Jimenez is going to be worth like 60 bucks. So maybe 50 even. Yeah. So there really is not, there is not a good option anymore. There is really not a good option to send a non-graded or low dollar cards to even like an Eloy at this point, you know, unless you are a whiz with how you see condition of a card and can guarantee yourself a 10, which honestly there's no guarantees to with grading. Um, We all know that it's tough. It's tough now. And I like what Thomas just said. Uh, Thomas listened to Nate's uh, buy, sell, hold video today of Tatis, Acuna and Soto and he says, buy parallels. Like Nate said, I'm basically only looking to send parallels to grade unless it's a big player with a base card. Like the T-Series 2 still makes sense to grade on yeah. $25 submission. $320 card. Right. right. And, so and big pl- that's the type of guy that you're guaranteed, you're guaranteed, even if he plays poorly this year, that's not going to drop under 200 bucks. Yeah, and you're happy with it sitting there if he does play well because it'll gain value, you know? Yep. So I like that Thomas brought that up because the next slide – We've got parallels here. So the one on the left is uh, Mason Greenwood. Just came out 2020 Prism EPL. It's a blue breakaway numbered of 195 serial numbered. There is no PSA 9 or 10 sales. It just came out. But a raw is doing 230. Um, I want to make sure I got the, t- the Tatis in here so we had some 9 and 10 values. But I still think it's valuable to talk about cards that don't have enough uh, or that, that you are just pulling out. Like you don't know what a 9 or 10 is going to sell for of Greenwood. But you still have to make that decision if you're grading or not. So that's why I think it's worth talking about. I think that that is tough. Like, is, Nate, is this, like, this might be the card that you say, okay, I'm going to spend $100 on. Get it graded. Get it back quicker and flip it. But on another hand, if you're a fan of Greenwood, you think he's going to be really good, why not save yourself the extra $75 And if you want to sit on the card for a year? you know? Well, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're going to sit on the card, you're just throwing away $75 for a grade you're going to get anyways. Exactly, exactly. So that's why you have to make it up that decision in your mind. If you're trying to just make smaller margin quicker or bigger margin later, I would probably suggest going with the bigger margin later if you're confident in what you're doing with your buys. And even at that point, um, I know that you might have pulled this card, which then you didn't get to choose what you're getting. But you should definitely be confident in your buys enough to grade them for a year, I'd say. If if that's what you want to do. If you don't want to do that, then just buy non-graded, flip non-graded. Whatever you got to do, com see it. I don't know. Um, hey, but com see. The middle card here is interesting. And this card hasn't released yet. It's a Lamella Balls prison base rookie. Is that really his picture? I don't know. It's what they have shown for preview. I'd imagine so. Maybe not, though. I don't know. Um, Weird. Pe- people are saying, oh, nice to see uh, some random Raptors player getting shine in, in Lamella's rookie. But then again, like Kobe's rookie had some T-Bowl's player in the background. So you never know. Um I'm projecting his non-graded card to settle around 125 to 150. I'm not talking about out of the gate. I'm not talking about the first three days of release. I'm talking about later on. And I think that they'll probably settle settle around 125 to 150. I think a lot of people are going to try to do not only the $100 grading. I think we're going to be seeing people send in on that $150 to $300 grading on LaMelo Prism rookies to start if you pull it like on release day we're talking base here yeah you're probably i'm not lying you're gonna see people grading at 300 dollars from lamella ball prison base 
thinking that they might be able to get a 10 and sell it for like a thousand two hundred or something, you know, like one of the first like 100 graded. Now I'd say that a lot of people are probably going to be sending them in, sending them in on the 100 to 150 to try to get them back and flip them too. But hey, what do you do? What do you do if you pull the Mellow Brawl Prism Rookie in the first three weeks of release retail hobby? Well, here's a question. How much does his wrist injury and being out for the rest of the year affect this? Because that's yeah. a whole other wrinkle added on top of this that uh, nobody can really predict is that his prices were going to be astronomical because he was way better than people were expecting. And yet, with the injury, what is that going to tamper people's expectations? And is that going to, if they know that he's not going to play the rest of the year and he's not going to be in playing in the summer, obviously, and they have till October, I would send it on the 150 and get it back in six months as opposed to sending it 300 and trying to get it back right away. Yeah. Save that money. It'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, I know I saw um, Henry. No, not Henry. Someone brought up, oh, Joseph, about uh, Hoops rookies. Hoops rookies are now $20. So I'm talking like Hoops went from like 150 to 20 which was very expected. Um, the LaMelo prison-based rookie will probably start around like 300 400 I could see it settling around 125 150 Um Zions are like 165 right now as a raw, 170 But then again, they'll probably be a little bit higher price baked in because you can get better conditioning cards right away out of the release versus now with Zion, like, Heck, you're probably buying like an eight <laughs> if you're mm-hmm. buying a Zion Raw. But like that's something that you're you all will have to think about with opening new product is what are you how are you submitting cards? Why are you submitting them? What submission level and to who? Um, I, I know I'm saying PSA is a way to go, and I still believe that waiting that year if you really believe in what you're doing in the card market. But there's gonna be some people that want to get them back sooner and pay for a different company. I don't see the payoff with some of these companies. Um, you pay, you know, 25, 35 bucks to grade, maybe even 50 and your secondary market value is so low. And then after fees, like Nate's been saying, you're coming out a little bit ahead. Yeah. And I, I just don't see the payoff. Uh, I think patience always wins out. So that's why I'm talking about it like that. But I want to get the, the Tatis in here, the foil series two. So, like Thomas was saying, we uh, were talking about about uh, parallels here and foils and whatever, like the ones too gray now. I definitely agree, agree that there's probably more upside grading parallels because you can justify the higher cost of grading. But this card is 275 raw recently, like very recently, as of the last few days, which honestly kind of surprises me, Nate. Seems a little cheap. It does. PSA 9, PSA 9 400, PSA 10 1400. I think both those seem cheap too. I would say this card, pretty tough card to grade. I think that there's such a disparity there in the price from raw um, to all all foils. I mean, every year I pull foils out of this out of top series one. There's always random chips on the edge and yeah, that type of stuff. If you're new to tops baseball foil, yeah, I, and I would uh, I would say that it makes sense that it's so different. But the hard thing is here is if you pay 150, you get a nine. I know that this card might rise a little bit in the in the short term, but you never know. You never you're like I, I I don't know it what you do with a card like this. It depends on how good it looks to you, obviously. 
Well, okay. This one is a little bit of a bad example because there is going to be all of the Fernando Tatis top series two foils have been probably picked through and graded. I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like future releases of a card. No, no, I understand. I understand. I just want people to understand that if that specifically Fernando Tatis, like there wouldn't be a good option here with Fernando Tatis, but if we're talking 2021 series one and you hit a Dylan Carlson tops, uh, not, not foil. let's not say foil. Cause that wouldn't be expensive enough. Let's say a black 67, um, 69 70, 70 this year. Uh, you know, is it worth grading a guy that's relatively unknown, but should be pretty expensive um, for a good parallel on that $150, $300 grade for PSA? Or is it worth trying to go to a different company and you should still get a decent price, but it's still kind of expensive? I saw somebody say CSG was uh, $8 bulk. Yeah, maybe, I mean, that's really that cheap. Out. That is really cheap. But the thing is that we don't know what the secondary market values do of those yet. You know, you get you get them back and you might it might not even be worth it if you get nine five through them. Also, I'm such a not fan of their labels, dude. Like takes up like a third of the case. Well, I guess here's here's my here's what I'm thinking. It depends on what you're gonna do with the money. If you have a nice card and you're willing to not move it for a while, send it into PSA, get it back in a year, and call it good. Um, if you want to move something quick and you think it's in pretty good shape, maybe you take an HGA or a S, uh, SGC or a CGS and you take the 20%, 30% you get, um, over the raw instead of the PSA, but you get that card back, you sell it and you move it into something else. Yeah. Well, you gotta be really good at what you're doing, doing that a lot to make it worth it, you know? Correct. Correct. And I mean, HGA, you know, I bring up HGA, but it's more of a crapshoot just getting your cards being able to be graded there. Like yeah. you can go on and be on every Friday trying to get your cards in and you'll never get your cards in. Yeah, and then, and then you give up that valuable time either at PSA or you give it up at CSG or SGC or BGS. Yeah. Uh, Chia has got a lot to say about BGS and PSA bubble. And I will say I've got some BGS cards that are way more expensive than some PSA cards I have. Um, it's got nothing to do with what myself or Nate might have. It has everything to do with how long will it take, how much is the pricing, and what brand is better. Just because there's less 9.5s in circulation or less BGS 10s in circulation than PSA doesn't mean that it needs to be worth more. We see it all the time, even in the card market, but go outside of it. Just because Nike produces way more Air Jordan 1s than New Balance produces Kawhi Leonard shoes, doesn't mean that Kawhi Leonard shoes are going to sell for more than Air Jordan ones, even if there's like a hundred times the supply. You know, all has to do with what the brand is, what the value is, and how people perceive it. And like it or not, if PSA is perceived as the best thing since sliced bread, and their values are the best thing since sliced bread, that's what it is. You know, like certain brands go down, certain brands go up. And in the last year, I mean. In the last year, we've barely seen BGS do anything to communicate with their customers, to sh- prove what they're doing to, be- to better customers. And everything that they do when they update is, you know, it's just, they just update the wait times on their website. There's no like, hey, this is what we're actively doing to get better, you know, anything like that. 
I'm all for customer service and brand equity and, and making sure that your audience and customers are being treated correctly. And if BGS doesn't do enough to correct that, I'll even take CSG over BGS at this point. If BGS can't figure it out, you know? Yeah. Like I would rather give one of these new companies a shot than a brand that's went downhill for the last two and a half years. And you've been in this, you've been in this for like 12, 13 years. Yeah. I've seen it all. I've been in this for like four years. And when I got into it with you and we were doing Bowman prospects, BGS was the thing. Yeah. We bought cards. We wanted to get them graded by BGS. We got our Nate Pearson graded by BGS. I was supposed to get my Juan Soto graded by PGS. But so it's not like we were like, oh, we have all these PSA cards. We want PSA to win. Yeah. BGS dug their own grave. They're lying in it. And uh, when you see a Juan Soto PSA 10 base auto, Bowman Chrome base auto PSA 10 go for 10,000 and a B or 10,000 is too high, uh, like seven, six, 7,000 and a BGS 95 goes for 4,500. That's an easy choice. It's not like I dislike BGS. The market makes the choice for us, and yeah. I'm not going to di- uh, turn down $2,500 in profit for the sake of BGS, who their most recent scandal um, with the fake slabs, all they said was, better do more research when you're yeah. buying cards. Like, if that if that ever happened, like, to a major company, like, I don't know, I mean, I guess BGS, I would I would expect you to come out with, this is exactly what each slab is supposed to have on it, this is what each fake slab has on it. And this is how you identify. And this is a way that we're going to make it better in the future. They haven't switched their label technology in the last 10 years. PSA has switched it now four times and now has their light, the lighthouse label in it um, and whatever. And uh, gee, I definitely didn't mean to call you out or single you out or pick on you if that made it feel like that. This is more just about the overall market sentiment towards BGS. And we hear a lot of people say, Oh, like BGS is the you know the best. Like you know, like you're you're just wrong or whatever. Like I've heard it a lot of times in our live streams, um, but it's for it's for reasons, and that I just want to make sure that we make those clear. And like I said, I would try a new grading company every single time over BGS at this point. You know, they've held cards hostage on a ten day grade for like I've heard I don't know like five six months on some of those. Um, that's not to say a PSA isn't behind or SEC is I mean, behind. I Everyone's saw, behind. I just saw our guy top 10 Tony had a PSA order, a 20, 20 day PSA order that was, has been there for 250 days now. Yeah. Well, that's crazy too. Yeah. So, like, so it's, it's not just, it's not just BGS. It's just it's not the, the point, the, pro- the problem is, is that if you have same turnaround times and same prices, but one's resale prices are, you know, yeah, fifty uh, percent more, double. It's the easiest choice in the world. And I know, I know that you go online and you look at all the big cards and almost every big card that ever sells for Bowman Chrome or um, Logo like, Men Patch Autos. Yeah, they're all BGS. But, red Red BGS Acuna the other day sells for three hundred yeah. some thousand. It's BGS ten. Wait, listen to this though. When was the last time? Well, not when was the last time, but a lot of those cards that were setting those all-time highs with BGS grades, t- 2017 and before. We've been mm-hmm. talking about this a lot. I've lived through it for many years. BGS was the king. There's no question. I thought so too. I submitted so much there. 
You know, I submitted so much to BGS back when I was just starting or not just starting, but going through my years in high school and college. But with PSA, um, that, you know, they started to dominate 2019 until now, really. So you're not going to find the 2009 Bowman Chrome trout that's selling super fragile. It's going to be great through PSA or logo man at Giannis 2013. Cause no one was going to submit that to PSA. I mean, the only the only way you find something like that is if you accidentally find some kid's uh, box of cards in a closet that he kept in good condition from 2009, right? And, and then, then and then you just grade it now. Yeah. Hey, Rob's in the house. Uh, that's the guy that's talking about the live streams and said, asked me if I bought any cards for you. And I said, hey, uh, yeah, Aaron, you got to an answer for yourself. What's up with that? Show me when like, you buy me a card, and I'll buy you a card. I like cards. I like cards too. You never gave me a card. I gave you two cards now, I think. One card at least. Uh, I gave your parents a uh, card. <laughs> well, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they feed me, so. All right. Well, that's fair. I guess what I do for you, right? <laughs> Ooh, Hawaii. Hawaii. Anyway, do we have more to this? I'm getting distracted. Um, I don't think so. I think that we kind of covered that a lot of that there. So let's let's recap a little bit. Sure, sure. Um, so I think you and I are both in agreement that PSA is still king. There's not a huge value for the other companies unless you're really good and doing this full time and willing to. I'll get I'll get through this real quick and willing to move the cards quick so you get an SGC ten and you're willing to take that twenty percent and put it into something else like next week. All right. I have to say one thing I just forgot. Now I thought about it again. Nate was talking about, uh, you know, or I was talking about customer service and showing what you're doing, you know, like instead of just like sitting on your hands. PSA introduced their CTD, their, uh, what was it, current turnaround days or something? I don't know what it is. Like it's estimated uh, complete through days. There we go. Like the day that they've completed through for each submission level. And each day they're updating it with the amount of days that is made up from the next day, or at least the uh, limestone on Instagram. Kevin, I wonder if he's still in here. He runs PSA underscore CTD on Instagram. He shows what the previous day was for the complete through day. And then their newest day, like today, and shows them out of like days that they've made up for each submission level. So PSA is becoming very transparent with what they're doing and how they're doing it. And I, I like that. And also, everyone who thought that Nate was taller than me, I don't know what you guys are thinking. Because I like that. Yeah, I am. I am. I've no, got, I'm only 5'7". I've got like... I was 5'7 when I was in eighth grade, and uh, for some reason, I'm still 5'7". I don't I don't uh, quite understand why. Still waiting for that growth spurt. We'll get it one day. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where every time we're on a plane, Aaron complains about no leg room. And uh, he's a sucker because I have plenty of leg room. So yeah, I've, got, I've got like nine inches on Nate. <laughs> should have thought about that. Uh, yeah, I should have thought about that. You're right. Before I decided to be uh, to be super tall. Yeah. But also back when I, we were in like elementary school, Nate was 5'3 and I was 5'1 when I, I'm like four years younger than Nate for anyone that doesn't know. And uh, I thought that Nate was just a giant. I'm like, dude, you're 5'3? Actually, I wasn't 5'1 then. That's too tall. I don't remember how tall I was. Yeah. And I was five feet by third grade, though, so there's a chance that it kind of was around there. <laughs> it burned my brain. <laughs> Dad, I'm all alive. <laughs> we, got, we got old guys around here making noises. <laughs> Sorry, 
yeah everyone that was watching like the penny stocks video and then uh you know the, i guess that one was like uh, the most shocking part about this video is that aaron's taller than nate <laughs> well one second one second one second what are you doing here feet firmly on the floor you see that yeah sitting in my chair the harassment aaron what are you right talking there. about about what odds Nate's feet aren't touching the floor right oh. now. <laughs> Come on. Nate's got to sit on the telephone books. <laughs> Dave oh. says, why does Nate always talk about being broke? Does he need to negotiate a raise with you, Aaron? Well, hey, I need to negotiate a raise with myself first before Nate. That's true. Uh, Dave, I've got I've got a bunch of wedding expenses and stuff that are being paid for. So, uh, Not to mention when you reinvest everything you make through the business into the business to further products and website and the brand there's not much left for the actual people running the business <laughs> also i'm wearing shorts thank you very much it's like 50 degrees to be fair on camera nate is a much more imposing force of a man <laughs> hey here's the thing aaron's so tall that he kind of looks just gangly whereas i'm five seven so like i have a thick neck and a beard and stuff so yeah i can understand that Guys, we should have Nate cut that beard and see if you still think he's the most imposing person. You don't uh, want to see that. You don't want to see right. that. Hey, uh, um, to get back to this conversation real quick, real quick. So we're in agreement on PSA. Yeah. That being said, I don't feel like I ever got a, a figure from you on what on what uh price range you're like, hey, I'm not gonna send this in. 60? My guy's serious, really quick. <laughs> He's putting in quotes for me on the LeBron goal. He's like, can't stop thinking about it. I can't either. All weekend, I, I thought, did this even happen? I went back to my phone the morning I woke up the next day and watched the video to make sure it happened. Uh, that was crazy. And I saw someone mention earlier, let's have a bet Nate shave the beard. No. All right. No. See, here's the problem. If I shave my beard, we we have 148 people in here. If I had a bare face on here, we'd have exactly zero people because everyone that clicked in would instantly click out and say, I'm pretty sure I just saw a turtle in human form on the uh, live stream. I'm not watching that. And then average, somewhere time, else. average time of watch would be like two seconds. Yeah. They'd be like, Oh, is that a turtle? I look like uh, if you look up the turtle from uh, Franklin Robin hood. Oh, you look um, like Franklin the turtle. Uh, no, the turtle from the 19, like sixties or 1950s Robin hood Disney movie. That's what my face looks like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dave. No one's going to want to take pictures with him if he shaves it. I sure, I surely won't either. Yeah. Hey, anyways, anyways, I wanted to get a price range from you. What is the range where you're like, okay, I could send this on a 25 day? Is it 75 bucks? Is it 80 bucks? Is it 100 bucks? I know, some of it, I know some of it has to do with PSA nine prices, but like, yeah. forget PSA nine. Assume you're losing money. Just assume you're losing money. What does the price range have to be where you're like, yeah, worth sending this in? I mean, I'll say this: what's a potential profit? Because there's many different profit ranges between soccer and baseball and basketball. Okay, assume, being, assume you rip the card yourself, and so it's like wash money. You're not buying the card for. Fifteen dollars and grading it. It's still impossible to tell because of how much it'd be worth as a PSA ten. You have to think of the profit. I'll say this: if there is at least 
33% profit margin right there at the time you're sitting from putting in $100 onto the grade, I'd do it. Okay. Any, anything less, I think it's worth sitting on the card and seeing if you can flip it raw. As I don't know if it's worth sitting waiting that long to get under 33% profit margin. So I'm yeah, thinking like, especially after you sell it, you're losing, you I'm know, thinking you're this. 20% and you're losing 12%. Th- this is an easy way to put it. How about this? I buy a card for a hundred bucks. It's gotta be worth $300 PSA 10. Is that fair? Okay. Yeah. So I just don't think that's it. I can't make, do it in my mind with the math to do it. Like what you buy it for, how much it's worth. Yurtle the turtle. <laughs> What do you say a Marcus Rashford Kaboom from 2020 EPL is worth the Super Express? Value-wise, it's probably worth the Super Express if you think it's a 10, but it depends on if you want to sell it right away or hold it. To me, that's a card that you probably don't want to sell in the next two months unless you need the money or want to invest it somewhere else. If that's what it is, then sure. Uh, if it's not, then pay the 150 and then you get it on the 10, 20 days, 10, 20 day, and you six wait. Plus, two- six plus month. Well, 150 is probably going get, to get you in like three months. You know, the 300 is probably going to get you in. 100 was nine plus months. 150 was six plus months, I thought. No, $25 is nine plus months. Do you think that BGS right now? Oh, you think BGS? I mixed that up. Yeah. Okay. What are we looking at after this? I want to just put something in here, a quick slide that shows the disparity in pricing between some of these companies. There's no HGA 95, there's no CSG 95 to show for this card. So I only have SGC 10. BGS 9.5 with no subgrades, PSA 9 and PSA 10. The SGC 10 of this card is $210. The PSA 9 is 236. Oh, the 10 is 810. I take it all back. BGS 9.5 is 325. I thought maybe it'd be worth grading with a different company so that you could make at least a little bit of extra money and then move on. But if you're not getting even a PSA 9, price for sgc nate this card is about 130 dollars raw right now you pay 25 to grade through sgc you get it back in three four months maybe five months who knows how long that takes now maybe even six you don't know i mean we don't know uh that's a terrible deal terrible yeah. deal terrible terrible deal uh really quick lamella ball base raw is going to be 1000 what do you mean that is not happening <laughs> that is literally impossible <laughs> literally impossible uh they'll probably start around 400 three to four hundred dollars as a nine graded base and within a week they'll probably drop down to 200 and then within a week after that they'll probably be like 150 that's just my guess hey dave cards in there at the psa nine <laughs> hashtag cameo oh he's joking he's joking okay kind of got me a little stressed out there for a second um but this is a key point because 2020, 2021, Prism first off the line hobby boxes have been set for their Dutch auction to go down in. Wow, that is tomorrow. That that that, that is tomorrow. I did not see that at first. Uh, going up for sale tomorrow. Good timing here. First off the line Prism hobby box. If y'all remember last year, 2020 Prism first off the line sold out at three hundred dollars. This starts at four thousand five hundred, and the floor is two thousand. Now, Nate, what do you think this Wait, is going to sell out at? How, how much did you sell your 2018 Luca Prism first off the line boxes for at the National? That was retail at 120. I sold them for 400. Now they're like 10,000. <laughs> um, okay. 
assuming that the Lamelo news does not do anything to affect this hype, I'm gonna guess that it's probably gonna be like thirty six hundred. All right, I'm a little I think under that. I don't want to get their hands on it. I'm a little under that. I think that's gonna be three thousand to thirty two hundred. And I say that because I think that there's pre order pricing right up now for normal hobby at twenty five hundred. I'm not sure if people are going to be paying $1,000 over for the first off the line this year. They might. They went back to the hobby format, which is key. I'm pretty sure it looks. Yeah, they went back to the hobby format. Great idea. I hated the premium first off the line. If you hated the premium first off the line edition for a 2019 product, please drop a comment in the description because I passionately hate how they did that. Put Making it one pack at like, 10 cards in the pack for a first off the line prison box. That is just dumb. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it ever was. I such just not a fan at all with the shimmers as exclusives. Like, but not only were they the exclusives, but you can't get the normal golds in it. Like that's dumb. Um, so I'm glad they did this. And with that being said, it might be a little bit higher now. Um, I could see it being 3,500, 3,000 to three to 3,500. I think is the sellout range. Here's the market after what? If it, so, last year three hundred dollars seemed absurd, right? Sold yeah. out three hundred dollars, and that was absurd. Well, I thought it was going to sell it higher than that. It kind of kept on dropping. Now this year, say it sells out three thousand. Are we going to look back next year when they sell it at five thousand and say, "Wow, we should have bought that for three? Well, here's the problem: is that we don't know how much they're increasing production each year. It's really impro- impossible to know with the amount yeah. of parallels and base that they're adding and stuff. It's literally impossible to know. I mean, if you just look at football. And how many stinking uh, like optic? How many new optic non non numbered parallels there are for football? Um, it it's absurd. I mean, just parallels should be able to make you an extra like thousand boxes of uh, optic hobby. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing: is that uh, 2017 Prism Hobby Box is like three thousand dollars. This is going to be about 30 times the production of that. Not this specific first off the line. I mean, just meant this year's hobby in general. Guys, the previous year's sets look like steals compared to this new stuff, especially with the uncertainty of the rookie class, too. Well, you know what the hobby's all about. What's new? What I know what it's all lately? about. I know. I know, and it's what, what what's talked about and what's hyped. We talk about it all the time. But I, I, I mean, it's like, yikes, dude, this is going to be expensive. 3000 3500 to really get your value back, you have to be pulling a parallel of one of the top three rookies. And then yeah. and then some. And then yeah. some, potentially. Yeah, you can't do what I do for uh, top series one baseball and just bank on getting the top rookies and then grading. Well, you got to get something thing. major. Here's the other thing. They're, who knows how much they're in- increasing production. You get 144 cards in the box, some of which will be inserts. And autos, you're not getting a lamello in every box. You probably are getting in like one every three boxes or something, you know? Like in hoops, you're getting like a lamello every box. So even at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. And uh, like that T206 guy said, 2017 draft class is is really, really loaded compared to this year. And I know that it's four years apart or three years apart, so it's hard to directly say like that. One should be worth more than the other because there's so much future potential with the grading uh, of this year's set. You know, it's hard to do that with 2017, but I, I agree. There's so much less of a made, too. If you look at the pop reports from 2016 to 2017 to 2018, 2019 Prism, it was like this, 2016 to 2017, 2018, 2019. Like, 2017 is severely underprinted compared to the newer Prism stuff. Hmm. All right. 
we are uh, starting to get towards the end of the show here today. But if you didn't see it, uh, we posted a few videos here and on Instagram and stuff. I happened to hit the most expensive card I'll ever hit in my life, most likely. I don't want to pigeonhole myself to just hitting this, but it sure was a crazy pull. Um, LeBron James Gold Refractor of 2005 Finest, jersey number 23 F39. If you haven't, go back like two videos on YouTube and you'll see I'm holding the card. Um, and you should watch it because I, I did freak out. Um, not freaked out enough to where I'm like, hands gonna like bounce on the table. Sometimes you see people just going like this, like that was a little shaky, but uh, I was trying to remain calm. But it, it was nuts. That's the most unexpected pull of my life. And uh, Fernando, shout out to Fernando. He's gonna fly to PSA to get it graded, and we will update you with the journey and hopefully have some maybe some footage of him getting it from PSA and a grade reveal. I'm gonna talk to Fernando within the next couple of days. And uh, see see what we're gonna see how we can uh, bring that to life for y'all. But man, it's a fun time. Open up slab stacks, breaks products, and uh, tomorrow we have our schedule out. So between three p.m. and six fifteen p.m. Eastern time, we are opening some soccer cards and basketball cards and Pokemon cards. There's one break left for this week, which is uh, Prism EPL 2020 soccer cereal boxes. A new configuration this year. Um, the posters look really good. They're not numbered, but. Uh, it's our it's our budget friendly soccer break for the week, or at least the cheapest soccer break we're able to offer this week. And uh, 2018 Prison World Cups going down tomorrow, which is one of the biggest soccer sets ever. Very excited about that. Hopefully, pull a couple Killian Mbappe rookies, maybe a parallel. But uh, come over and watch at 3 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow on YouTube Live, right where we are right now. I really hope to uh, see you all there. And Dave, yeah, I'll try to pull a Black Wave or acrylic. Uh, I don't know if I said that right. Uh, it's the one with the different language print i don't even i guess that's what the type is but uh very rare how much is that lebron uh a non-graded sold for sixteen thousand dollars now keep in mind this is not jersey numbered and this is non-graded if that card sat non-graded for this long that was then sold non-graded i can just about guarantee it that's a psa eight or below i can guarantee this card's at least a nine i want i want to say 99.99 percent sure i looked over um, a nine for sure, and I think it's got a, a, a chance at a ten. A nine, I believe, is going to sell around thirty thousand for the jersey number twenty-three out of thirty-nine. Thirty to thirty-five thousand, I think that a ten could sell between seventy-five and hundred thousand if you get the correct bidding war between LeBron collectors for the jersey number twenty-three out of thirty-nine. So, it, I don't know how I'm going to be able to top that someday, but maybe maybe a Lamelo uh, logo man with flawless this year. Would you grade it with the hundred dollar grading? Uh, that would be more like a, I'll pay it whatever amount it takes to fly there to grade it to get it encased and in my hand when I'm there. By no means do I want to send that to them to sit in their receiving department. All right. So with that being said, we have about ten minutes right now. If you have any questions, throw it into the live chat and we will rapid fire here some questions. If y'all have have any uh, anything to ask for, uh, I have card. a question. Yeah, this one. I ripped to 2021 Donruss Baseball Hobby Box for 160 and guarantee I had more fun than ripping a 3K Prison Basketball Box. Now, disregard the fact that it is two different sports here. Um, Number one, you know, there are still cheap breaks out there. $160 box is pretty good nowadays, all things considered. That being said, how ridiculous is it that in today's hobby, the boxes that should be like 30 bucks are now 160 like Donruss baseball. And yeah. do you think we are ever going to go backwards to the days where you could walk into a card shop 
and rip a top series one for 40, 50 bucks? No, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe someday, but decades from now, if there's just like a million printed, you know, like if, if everything kind of holds steady here, like definitely not. Uh, someone, someone asked, uh, who was that? Cards according to Ben. I got you, man. We should talk about this because we missed it earlier. CSG's pricing right now, it's pretty cut and dry. So let me uh, take over with the new screen share. All right. So right now for CSG, bulk is $8. says current turnaround time, 60 working days. Economy is 40 days, $15. Standard, 25 days, $25. Express, 15 days, $40. Walkthrough, five day, $100. And unlimited walkthrough, which is like the most expensive cards, I guess. Two days, $100 plus 1% fair market value. So if you have a $100,000 card, they're going to charge you an extra $1,000 on top of it. I guess that's not too bad considering PSA would probably charge you way more. PSA is going to net you way more. (laughs) Well, true. I know. You're right, though. Best box any year that can be held for under $1,000 in terms of value. You can only think of Bowman that fits that. So, some type, in my mind, some type of soccer box that you can get under $1,000. Uh, someone's going to have to make up uh, your mind on that for yourself because I don't want to point anyone in any certain direction. Nate, Brandon Lowe or Lau undervalued? That's a good question. I never remember which one it is between him and Nate. One was Lau and one was Lowe. I know. I can't um, remember. That, that's a tough question. A little bit older. I think he was 26 last year. Broke out in a big way and then cooled off drastically in the World Series. I don't I don't really know what to think of him. I don't think he's uh, going to be a star. They've got Randy Rosarina, who is clearly the star, and they've got Wander Franco in the pipeline. Um, and because it's the Rays, he's a nice player. And, you know, they got guys like Austin Meadows, too, right, who had a down year but it's coming back. Um, he's a super good player and there was money to be made on him last year, but I just don't feel with the market and how people act with like second and third, fourth tier stars on a team that there's any value in Brandon Lowe. I could be wrong. Of course, that's just what I think. Justin Herbert or Joe Burrito. <laughs> Uh, last week, we kind of had this discussion. I'm taking Herbert. Nate picked Burrow. Granted, I think we can both go either way, too. I don't think that any of, either of us are hung up on one or we, the we, other. Yeah, we should explain. You took Herbert because he's an absolute stud, and I would like to take Herbert because he's an absolute stud. And he's extremely good, and you watch some of the throws he makes, and you're like, that is not a rookie that made that throw. That is, you know, 32-year-old Aaron Rodgers, right? But it was Justin Herbert. Um the reason I wanted Joe Burrow was because his prices are lower. Uh, he was obviously number one pick. He's still got all the talent in the world. And I was reading a quote from Mike Daniels, who played on the Bengals, who's like, this guy's just as good as Aaron Rodgers used to be, blah, blah, blah. That's probably a little bit of hyperbole. But um, there is, when you have the number one pick, he's number one pick for a reason. And the fact that he is significantly cheaper than Joe Burrow in some cases. I don't even know if like an optic pink is like a hundred bucks for him and an optic pink for uh, Justin Herbert's like 200 bucks, right? There's good value to be had um, for Joe Burrow. And, you know, the team's not great. Um, AJ Green's gone, but he wasn't great last year. 
so, you know, he needs to do some developing with his team, but I think you might look up in two years and be like, why was he half the price? He might not catch up to Justin Herbert because that dude's a stud, but I don't think he should be half the price either. Of course, that's probably more to do with the fact that Justin Herbert shouldn't be as expensive as he is. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Soccer players from Prism EPL to hold big soccer noob. Uh, they have rookie logos on some of the cards this year. I haven't done like a whole lot of digging into the rookie checklist, but three of the top younger players in the set, I'd say, other than like your Foden's and your Havertz and your all the guys that have already kind of had cards here and there because Foden's had 2019 Prism EPL. I'm talking just like their first Prism card this year. It'd be like Mason Greenwood, uh, Saka. I can't remember his first name for Arsenal. And then Curtis Jones for Liverpool. But uh, there's a lot of other players in the set that you'd have to look into and look at how much they're selling for. Because I could have missed a guy that's selling for quite a bit. Haven't done too enough digging in on that one. Nice. All right. One more. One or two more here. Um, Sure. Let me this see is, if I can find one. Well, I got one here. Uh, Sapphire boxes from soccer. Seller hold. So we have we still have quite a bit for breaking. And I'm kind of in a predicament myself too right now on this subject because, like, in one hand, like, love offering Sapphire. I think it's one of our, my favorite breaks to open for everyone. But there's just so there's just so much limited supply out there. Like, once we're out of Sapphire, we're probably out of Sapphire except for once in every you know maybe month or so because I'd have to resource them at a much higher price now. And I do think that it's one of the best soccer sets ever made, in my opinion. And that's my opinion. Know that we have boxes for breaking. Um, you don't have to listen to me or agree with me or whatever it is. I just personally think that that set's one of the best soccer sets ever made. Solely based off of the fact that's the first time that we've seen Top Scrum Champions League have the rookie logo. You have prospects and rookies like Erling Holland and Ansu Fati, which are two of the biggest in the market right now. And then you have all the other studs on top of that. And then you add on top of that that the supply is not that large. And that the boxes kind of yield fire. I mean, I know I've probably gotten pretty lucky in like the 20 plus that we've opened so far, 20 or so. And I know that someone brought up in my recent in our recent video that like, hey guys, like know that maybe one in four yields a Holland or a Fati. I think I did my math in the past and I thought it was higher than that, but maybe my math was wrong or his is wrong. I don't know. But either way, I mean, I still think it's one of the best bang for bucks out there. And I think that grading them, if you can get a clean Holland, I mean, 4K on that, clean Fati 2K, and not the clean ones are hard to come by too because that there's some um, surface marks in these cards sometimes, like a roller print or something. And uh, nines, for that matter, should be worth good value too. But that's that's my thoughts. Um, I know that, just know that we have boxes for breaking. Some people know that, so they know. And uh, you make a decision for yourself. But I'm in the mindset that if you don't have to sell, don't sell. You know, we like offering the Sapphire breaks to keep keep Sapphire going, keep people, you know, loving the soccer and stuff. And and it, they do really yield great hits for people. We've got a lot of people, a lot of stuff that's made them a lot more money than they paid. But, uh, you know, that's where I'm at. Culture Coles. Uh, I just got my Holland Green Sapphire back two days ago, a PSA 10, baby. That is huge. Congrats, man. That's a massive card. That's 13, 14, 15K. So Ooh. congrats. That's That's massive culture. Nice job. All right, Nate, you got one for us to wrap up on here, and then we'll be at an hour. Um, okay, sure. I was just going to call it quits, but uh, sure. Nate, buy Wander Franco. Um, pretty expensive right now. We're talking 300 315 for a base PSA 10. Now, that's down a bit from the height. Um, I would say let it drop a little bit more. I think he's going to be going to the minors and, you know, 
uh, let people just kind of forget about his spring training games for a little bit, and maybe that can drop in the 280s, 270s. Maybe it doesn't. Um, and then I would pounce because he's the real deal. Nice. All right, before we go, I just saw that two more of these sold, two more spots for the Prism EPL break tomorrow, the last break to be filled for this week. There's two spots left. Um, and if you are interested, that is available right now on slapstocks.com slash shop. If not, we still love you, obviously, and we want you to be here tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern time to watch some soccer, basketball, uh, Pokemon get ripped. It'll be a fun time. It's always a good time, and you might see another crazy hit like that LeBron gold, but probably not because that's nah, that's huge. Crazy. It's a lifetime hit. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for watching today. I appreciate all your comments. I uh, hope you all found some value in the chat about the grading. Uh, it's an uncertain time, I'd say, in terms of uh, – what the decisions are to be made. Even, you know, some of the decisions we're talking about could be wrong. You know, who knows? One of the companies performs really well. Their value starts to go up and all this doesn't matter a year from now. You know, like it's constantly changing. Yeah. Constantly be on your toes. You could, you could kind of do it like you do prospecting cards, prospect a grading company. You think somebody's going to go up, uh, send your cards in now. Have them for when the prices start going up. Or, or that's like way risky. That's super risky. <laughs> or like prospecting, diversify. That's another you yeah. know, prospecting uh, tip. All right. Thank you, T206. Thank you, Thomas, for grabbing two of those spots. Appreciate it. Next Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, we will see you all back here. Have an outstanding week, and we will catch you all in the next live stream. See you guys.